0: Hi, I'm Brad Costanzo from Bacon-Wrapped Business, sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits. Look, if you own a business or you could benefit from massive exposure and credibility-creating media coverage, you're going to want to pay close attention to my guest today, Deborah Cole. Look, these days, most media appears to be consumed online, from social networks to YouTube and, of course, podcasts. But TV still packs the most powerful punch when it comes to creating credibility, exposure, and even trust with clients and customers alike. That's why today's guest is perfect to reveal the insider secrets to what works in today's competitive and very noisy world, helping you get noticed by those who matter to your business. Deborah Cole is a social media pioneer and trailblazer. She's been the host of a national television show, wrote the first book on Twitter and on social media marketing. A woman of many talents, she previously founded and exited a successful software company without writing a single line of code, all while living on the beautiful North Shore of Hawaii. Deb, often known as Coach Deb, to her followers and clients, now runs a consulting company which takes her all over the world. She's lived everywhere from New York City to Hawaii and even Spain, but now she enjoys living on the beach here in America's finest city, that's right, San Diego. Now Deb is about to reveal some of the insider secrets about getting on television, something she knows quite a bit about. She's starred in her own award-winning television show, she's appeared in several films, commercials, and worked behind the scenes on several Hollywood sets. More importantly, she's also directed and produced shows for other celebrity brands who see her as their secret weapon. So if you own a business that could benefit from massive exposure, whether you want to be on TV as a guest, or you want to start your own show. She's about to guide you through the steps to owning the media and making yourself irresistible to the most influential people in it. Let's go ahead and welcome Deb Cole. So, Deb, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brad. You know, it's great to have you here because as somebody in media myself, but as right. also somebody who benefits from media, both my own businesses, that of my clients, I realize how important it can be, both new media, the online stuff, but also television, which mm-hmm. I've been on your National television show, so thank you very much for yes, that. Yes, you were a great. Ho-
1: you were a great guest, by the way. Thank you. One of my favorites. Thank you. And I, I don't say that to everyone.
0: <laughs> well, I've had some practice. Just the handsome the- ones. <laughs> uh-huh. Flattery <laughs> will get you everywhere. I've learned that. So, yes. So, so Deb, I've been always fascinated by the strategies that people use to get attention in the media. Mm -hmm. And one of the areas that I know very little about is really mass exposure on television. I know a little bit more about how to do it in the digital marketing world, Mm -hmm. but I really wanted to have you on the show today to share some of your expertise because you have done it seems like a lot mm-hmm. of things across the entire media space, right? I'm older than I look. Yes, <laughs> at least well, I 20, hope. <laughs> at 21 years old, you've no, been that's able not to do some it some amazing there. <laughs> things. That being said, I'd love to hear about a little before we jump into the actual heart of how to do it. Okay, give us uh, an idea of the story, the journey that's taking you here. How did you get started? How did you discover? Uh, media and social media, and where did it all begin for you?
1: I think the first thing I did is I hired someone to really get into it because when I started my company, I knew I needed to get media exposure. And at the time, Twitter didn't exist. What company was that? That's how old I am. RPM Success Group. Okay. That was the name of the first company that I started. What was Uh, RPM
0: Success Group doing? So
1: it was a consulting company that was primarily to help business owners, entrepreneurs, the small business owner, the mom Mm -hmm. and pop, give them marketing strategies that would work either on a shoestring budget or really maximizing their budget so it would go further. So that's why when I first started and looked at – social media for a marketing perspective, like this is the best thing for a small business owner because you can leverage your exposure so much and way more than TV or commercial. Because I noticed if you did a commercial, you were there once, right, on TV, but if you did social media, It was that one video you did, but it lasted again and again and again. People could keep watching it. So once YouTube came on the scene, it was the most exciting thing for me.
0: Right, so you started off to get exposure for RPM Success Group. Correct, So tell me about some of the stuff you started to do early on.
1: Uh, So I first started writing for the newspaper, writing for the local newspaper. And I remember uh, I took a class about getting media exposure. And they're like, don't try to get on Oprah right away, Mm -hmm. right? Start with your local news. Start with your local newspaper, your magazines, because then you first of all you get practice, so that when you do get on Oprah, you've practiced. You don't you know you don't get nervous, yes. right? And you you can flub up on local channels way easier without as much embarrassment as if right. you get on Oprah. So I started small and I started local. So it was local newspaper. And I literally started writing a weekly column for the Star Bulletin in Hawaii. And it was about social media marketing. Okay. So it started again as marketing. And right as I was writing, the shift was taking place to social media. And when was this? And I started writing about, about that. What Jeez, years? that was a So 2001 is when I moved to Hawaii. So we're thinking 2002. Um, yeah, about 2002 is when I started writing for the newspaper. I did that for many years in the business section um, in Honolulu, sorry,
0: Bulletin. Yeah, every Sunday. Was, was social media even a term used back no. then? No. No, right.
1: and actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because it was called new media, yes. right? Because it was old media or traditional media, and then there was new media, which was Twitter, My, MySpace, actually. Yes. I, I'm that old. Okay. This is all we were all talking Twitter, about yeah. Tom the other day, yes. our first friend on MySpace. Yes. So it was MySpace, it was uh, Friendster, mm-hmm. it was FriendFeed. There were all these different things that started that new media world. And now when I've mentioned that before, because the first book talked about new media, I don't even think it had social media in it. Right. And I said something about, oh yeah, you know, new media channels. And this dude, when I say dude, like 21 year old, he's like, what's that? And I'm like, new media? What, yeah. what do you mean, what is that? Yeah, no right? idea. No idea, because he grew up with it being called social media. Yeah. So that's... That to me is fascinating because now people today have just grown up with social media, have never even thought of it as new. It right. is just media.
0: Right. Which and, is exciting. And that's one of the things I've noticed is that new media, social media, it is becoming just all media. Yes. I remember yes. hearing um, somebody mention that anymore, even with social media, it's mm-hmm. not social media is not something on top of the internet. Social media is the internet. It's where yes. people go first. Right. But there's right. also tremendous ways to tie in mass media right. exposure, such as like television, radio, mm-hmm. et cetera, mm-hmm. which is like often called old media right. to new media and to use them overlapping. And you seem to have done quite a job, a good job of integrating the two, right?
1: Thank you. Uh, yeah, yes, definitely. So as I feel, even though I was a new media champion mm-hmm. or now social media champion, I still, I didn't poo-poo, and that's, yeah, a word I I like to use, I I didn't poo-poo traditional TV, radio, because it still had millions of people, and it still had the exposure, right? So when we talk about syndication with podcasts, um, what we used to describe it is, okay, it's syndication, just like Oprah has a show that she films in Chicago, but she's seen all over America, and now the world, right? And that's syndication. So, podcasts, we just are able to syndicate our own shows, which is really cool. But you want to always incorporate everything because there's still millions of people that are already there that click up, pick up a remote, right, and click through. Their TV. Yes. So if you already have the medium, if you already have the station, you just want to get in on those stations. Yes. Yeah. And and one of the things that you asked a little bit earlier yes. that I want to answer is something about getting started. Mm-hmm. And I have learned that um, it, when I was living in Hawaii, that there were cable stations that needed content. They just needed content. I was like, I have content. Yes. I mean, I you have a ton of content. And there's TV stations that need that content. They have sponsors and they want. They want to get the commercials out there. That's how they're getting paid, but they need you to supply the content. So there's plenty of channels out there. You just have to go and pitch to these these places that need content. So
0: I'm going to make a note in my imaginary notebook here to mm-hmm. follow back up with that in just a moment. Because okay. I, I think that you just hit on something very, very powerful, and I want to circle back okay. to this. But your journey throughout this, so you started doing new media mm-hmm. and different getting types of exposure. Yeah. But as I mentioned, you've got... A TV show, you've been in Hollywood, you've been in all these. Give me a quick background on some of the some of the things you're most proud of or some of the things that are the most fun and interesting ways that you've used media or been involved with that?
1: So I would say one of the most embarrassing things, yes. but yet things I'm proud of Definitely is I was, no on a, I, was, I was on a reality show. Most people don't know this, so you're exposing uh, the secrets of Coach Deb.
0: Was it The bachelor hit? Uh,
1: no, no, no. It was actually a, a makeover show, and it was when the makeover shows, uh, do you remember Ty Pennington yes, from Home absolutely, Depot, yeah. right? And, um, and it was a takeoff of those different types of So it was their home makeover, and then it was your makeover for yourself, right? And there were these doctors. And there were two doctors in Hawaii that, that I think I met them through a BNI, like a networking Mm -hmm. organization. I don't remember how we met, I just remember them coming to me and asking if I wanted to essentially be an executive producer, which is, all an executive producer is is someone who foots the bill. Right, like you Mm -hmm. put up funding for a project. So a lot of films, a lot of documentaries, you have executive producer, all that person does typically is- Write the checks. Write the checks. Yeah, And then sometimes, again, as an executive producer, you can have creative input. So I was basically brought in to have creative input to put a little funds to to pay for the project, right, because it was expensive. Mm -hmm. Especially back then, cameras were much more expensive than even our iPhones today. Um, And less powerful, by the way. And they wanted me to be the coach on the show. And the good thing about that is I was able to have essentially some director input into it. So we got to pick the talent, we got to pick the people that were, um, that were going to get the, the, mm-hmm. the makeover we called it dream makeover except instead of extreme cuz we we yes. wanted to be different, different than enough. extreme home makeover or extreme makeover and we really wanted to get to the heart of people and really look at okay yeah you you changed the outward appearance but what about the inside mm. and that's where they brought me in as a coach basically a life coach um and the clips are i mean i have no bangs i have hair down past my my waist and i'm talking I've to get her some clips of that. i don't i like i've shown pictures of that and people are like Is that your sister? Is that Uh, your cousin? uh, Right? I'm like, who's prettier? Um, So yeah, so I did that. And I'm proud of it because I had some... Uh, producer input into it Mm -hmm. and the spirit of it and actually won
0: an award so i was i was really i was excited Ah, about that congratulations yeah so so i love that because so somebody who has been in media now for three years and i it is new media because my my show is all on Mm -hmm. itunes and youtube etc but i have no experience with that so i'm making it up as i go right right can you tell (laughs) and and that's good
1: like you that's really good first of all that you're doing it and you're, you're winging it as you go, because that's what we all did when new media first came out.
0: Right, but what I think a lot of people ignore, because they ignore old and traditional media, and they just t- want to jump in and do it all brand new for themselves, mm-hmm. but traditional media has been around for so long that a lot of the practices are really great practices for grabbing people's attention, whether right. it's the producers or the talent or the, the audience, and that's one of the insights that you bring to the table that not a lot of people do, is you understand mm-hmm. how the two kind of converge, and what do you mm-hmm. think... What do you think that some of the some of the best pieces of uh, wisdom or advice that you've learned from traditional media and how it how it translates to mm-hmm. what is going on today and how to use that, whether it's for myself and a podcast or if I have a YouTube show, mm-hmm. how can I use some of the best of traditional media?
1: So I think, um, and when I started hosting my own TV show, I started watching more TV Mm -hmm. because I was a cord cutter. Sure. Right, I cut the cord to TV, no cable, and then I got this gig where I was hosting a national TV show and it was going to be on cable. I'm like, I don't even get my own show. So I started watching it, and I would watch things like Oprah and Ellen and Jimmy Fallon and different talk shows that I wanted to either emulate or get ideas from, and what I think I've learned Um, along the way, the difference, right, when I got into traditional media and TV is that it's always a higher production value. So with podcasting, it's typically you doing everything. You're the cameraman, you're the lighting guy, you do everything. Whereas when you walk on set for a TV show, there's a lighting guy, there's a writer for you. Like Jimmy Fallon has a multitude of writers. Right. And that's what I don't think a lot of podcasters or even anyone in new media realize. Like they don't, the the star, like Jimmy Fallon, he's the star, he doesn't typically write it, right? And all of them, and that's also Oprah. She had a team of writers, a team of producers. I actually worked with one of our producers and it was just one of, it's not like she has one. So I found that was what was interesting is with TV, there's a bigger budget. So you, that's why these guys are so entertaining, because all those sketches that they do are all done for them. They just sit in front of the camera and they look pretty and perform, or handsome, right? and they perform. So your talent.
0: So you just mentioned something that we had talked about offline, which was mm-hmm. how you worked with one of, was it Oprah's producers? Yes.
1: Tell me about that. So that's how I first got started, when I wanted to get on media, and I wanted to just dominate on media and all channels, right? And she, I hired, so I decided, well, how do you accelerate your success? You hire the best, mm-hmm. you hire the pros, you hire the insiders, get the tips, right? Yes. Um, even in business, when I first started consulting, I, I hired Jay Abraham to consult me on starting a business, and it just totally accelerated my learning curve, right? I'm a, Instead yeah, of, I'm a big
0: fan of hiring the best yeah. as the mentors, yes.
1: Otherwise, you're learning as you go, and you make a lot of mistakes. So you so hired Oprah.
0: one of Oprah's... Producers. producers. So, so she you,
1: gave me some insider secrets so hold on, Lucy, and tips. You, she got some explaining uh, to do. okay. <laughs> she <laughs> asked
0: me to do some, <laughs> some accents.
1: Yes, yes, do, so you, did. you do accents. So Here, the...
0: So, how did you find one of Oprah's producers? Take me through that because.
1: Uh, I think it was a conference I went to. Okay. And she was presenting on how to get media attention. Okay. And I decided, I'm high. So, I went up to her after the event. I think I took her to lunch. And that's another secret, too. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize, and I had said this once when I was presenting on stage. Uh, I went to an event and the next day I'm eating alone at lunch. I'm like, why am I eating alone? I just, you know, I'm a speaker. I, there's all these people who have all these questions and they're asking me on Twitter and yet they're so afraid when you go in person because right. they think you're busy mm-hmm. and they think you're important, which of course you are, you're you're very busy and all of that. But you're also very approachable yes. when you're going to these events. That's why we go to them. And I said from stage, I'm like, I can't believe I ate alone for lunch. Needless to say, right after that, there were like 12 people at the table, we got like the big round table at lunch because then people realized they had permission to approach the speaker. So that's a tip right there is, if you go to any event, not only ask the speakers that you like, figure out who's gonna speak ahead of time that you wanna work with, and ask them ahead of time, Yes. right? Like schedule, take them out to dinner, especially if this is a multi-day event, like traffic and conversion, Mm -hmm. that's a great event to figure out who's going to be there and then ask them ahead of time so they don't get bombarded.
0: Exactly. So took her out to lunch and kind of- Yeah, you took her to lunch and then, so this was not something that she was out there publicizing that she's for hire, but you just asked her for the offer and she said okay. Yeah, exactly. Was it a hefty penny? It was not cheap.
1: It was not cheap and it hurt, okay? So it hurt me putting that investment, but I knew it would take me 10 years
0: to learn what she would teach me in a month. Plus, if it hurts, you're going to pay attention to it. Yes. Right? You're not going to just slow yes. it off. I mean, because people really do value what they pay for and the yes. more you for the more you value it and I've seen that both with myself with my clients etc right so what were some of the big things that she taught you early on that you've applied throughout the years Um,
1: so biggest thing was start small yeah start local Mm -hmm. and get practice become the expert and then dominate everything so my whole goal was to get on TV but in the meantime, take advantage of all the other. So it was magazines, so Entrepreneur Magazine, I started writing a regular column for them, and I was one of their first social media columns okay. when entrepreneur.com first started out. And like they were, what I love about entrepreneurs, they were the ones who got it right in the get-go, yeah. right? They understood that, yes, they had a physical magazine, but if they go online, they reach way more people and their stories last, mm. right? And now they're doing it again with their videos, right? They go Facebook Live, have you seen them? Yes. So now entrepreneur, or again, entrepreneur.com, right, they go Facebook Live and you get to join them and you get to interact with them. And that's what I love most about new media that television doesn't typically do. Now my show, I try to be interactive with them and I tell them to tweet me. Um, And the director's like, what's this tweet me stuff? I'm like, trust me, it's a thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) This
0: was back then, right? Back then, yeah.
1: Yeah, so so she basically accelerated um, my learning curve and she also stepped up my goals and Mm -hmm. the goal was not, even though I was immersed in social media, my goal was still to do all media, which was newspaper, magazine, television. um, What else is there other than television? Movies? Oh, and we did some documentary movies as well and some films. So I wanted to just dominate all of it and then really learn some behind the scenes. So that's been fun too is once you do some Hollywood sets, you you meet the editors, you meet people who, so that's the other thing is I started I met this one editor and I was on Paramount Paramount Studios and I'm sitting there watching him edit for a sitcom. It's a 30 minute sitcom. And he gave me the budget for their editing. How much do you think it would be to edit a 30 minute sitcom?
0: I can't imagine but I have to think it's enormous. Yes. yes. Enormous
1: would be 1 million dollars wow. per episode for so 30 minutes. So it, there's color correcting, there's sound and then there's an additional color correcting and sound. It was like he literally gave me seven different layers and seven different places that the place would go out to. So, you know, some of the uh, Marvel? Yes movies that you see, yes. and at the end, so I just saw Thor, oh, yeah. and at the end of Thor, you see all of these effects, 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 and there's different companies, and there's literally two dozen under this one, and then there's something else, and then more effects, You, I think there's more credits to effects in Thor. Right. right. You and you it's the same thing with- realize how
0: yeah, layered that is. Yeah. Uh, that's so fascinating, it makes me realize how much I actually don't know about this entire world of media, but I'm learning, and learning mm-hmm. by doing, and right. learning by talking to experts such as yourself, so, You hired Oprah's producer, you got in there, and obviously you're an overnight success.
1: Of course. (laughs) That's how it all works in business, right? You become an overnight success because you follow the rules of the gurus. No, absolutely not. It took a while. Um, And when I say a while, it means several years. Now, I I immediately got media exposure, right? So I immediately got on local news stations, I got the magazine, the newspaper. So I was getting local exposure very quickly. Right, so um, applying that, but having my own TV show absolutely took several years, and I started as a guest. Okay. Right, so I didn't just go right in and say I'm going to start my own TV show because I really had a lot to learn. Like I'm glad I didn't do that, and it's funny because when podcasting first came out, I told I I started a podcast, but there were maybe a hundred people out there. It was just silly. Back in the early days. Back in the very early days. So um, I, I stopped it, because there's, there's just not enough listenership. And that's when I was like, I'm going on radio and TV, because there's millions there. Now there's millions on iTunes, right? So podcasting is great. And I would tell my clients, get on YouTube, get your podcast out there. And as soon as they would get videos out there on YouTube, they would get picked up. So they were using keywords, and they were getting picked up, again, by local stations. So my goal was get on local, um, news stations, right, get a lot of experience as a guest and then host my own show. So I became a guest for all of these different places. And then I wanted to become a regular guest. Yes. So.
0: So speaking of becoming a guest. Yes. First of all, what are some of the better ways to become a guest on, like, with the news stations mm-hmm. or and shows like that? What, Because, I mean, it sounds pretty daunting. What, are, what yeah. works?
1: Yeah, and I think I was scared of it at first. So there's two things I was scared of that immediately got um, – squashed it Mm -hmm. was just like my fears were unfounded and one of them was someone's going to ask me a really hard question right and I'm not going to know or I'm going to get nervous I think one of my other biggest fears is I would not know what to say so First of all, none of that is true. The reporters yeah. are there to provide entertainment for their viewers. They're not there really to, to make stump you look bad. You. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah, unless it's like hardball, with, sure. you, right? It's something that, that's not what we're going after. Now, if you are, if you're in politics, yeah, okay, maybe. Mm-hmm. But in business, they're looking for content. They're looking for interesting stories or interesting characters to show because they want viewers, right? And the more interesting, the more um, crazy that the stories they they show the more people watch their show.
0: So how do you get your pitch in front of them? So um,
1: there are different places, like and actually HARO, Help A Reporter, yep. it's one of the first um, services I signed up for, just contributing articles. And that gave me practice in writing interesting articles. And then a lot of it is networking. It's who mm-hmm. you know, you hire a PR company, they will get you gigs, right? And What I learned very early on is to write really interesting talking points because you could get your story or your pitch in front of them, but they get so many. And now as a host, I'm like, no, no, right? That's not, that's boring. How do I make that interesting? So do their job for them. That was the first tip I learned is you, first of all, be interesting, be entertaining, any if you're you know, kind of crazy and outlandish you got blue hair if you look weird like that's automatically going to set you apart dye your hair blue so that's one of my first secrets yes. right um i actually that i actually gave that tip to one of my clients uh, recently and i didn't tell her to dye it i was just just get a blue wig you yeah. know and she did ah. so she I, I love clients that will stretch it right yeah, exactly. and push themselves because it's getting yourself out of the comfort zone but remember on tv when we watch it its characters it's interesting yes. right what it's entertaining yes. so be engaging be an interesting character don't just sit there and go i want to talk about my business cuz that's freaking boring totally. right have a story um, and then the more you can tie into current events if you have anything that could tie into a current event for news absolutely yeah cuz if it's topical
0: sure. it, it makes it so much easier to get your foot in the door Yep. with that and the slide on in.
1: And then another secret is give the reporter what you want to talk about. Right. So if you want them to highlight something really cool about your business or a story, you give them talking points that will ask either specific questions. And one thing I learned, now not everyone will do this because some people will look at it, they throw it away, they don't adhere to it, but the ones That's who what do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that do, and again, once you become a regular guest, you start seeing what their style is, and you know how to give the anchor, the journalist, the reporter what they want, yeah. right? And what I learned um, as one of the secrets is, oh, my gosh, if I just write the talking points out, like, some of the talking points were for me to say, mm-hmm. and they read my talking points. I was like, that was what I was going <laughs> to say, right? And they said it, and then I, so, light bulb moment. Holy oh, shit. Oh, I can just do that. And my the next time I was on that journalist's show, yep. I wrote the talking point of what I wanted them to say, and that fed me what I led into, like the story right. I shared. And then I didn't write the story I was going to share because then I knew that person would, would sure. do that. But it was really good for just feeding them the story that you wanted to talk about.
0: Right. Now, you mentioned a minute ago about becoming a regular guest, too, because it's one thing to be, get right. shown one time, but obviously the more you can be on there, the better. So explain... Explain how you become a regular. But oh, you boxer. want the
1: secret on how to become a regular?
0: It's not called bacon-wrapped business for nothing. <laughs>
1: Give me the bacon-wrapped
0: uh, goodies. The fat profits
1: there. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is a, another funny story that um, people will think, oh, it's complicated or it's really involved. And again, like some of the steps getting there, but the way I got a, to be a regular guest, uh, this is, okay, so this is funny. I'm, I'm on the TV show. I had become a guest, I think this was the first time I was on this one particular show. Um, it might have been the second time I was asked back. Um, Cause that's, you always wanna get asked back. Yeah. Right, so it's your goal. You wanna be as engaging as possible to not just get that one hit, to get it again and again. Cause often a PR company will get you different media gigs but then if you can book yourself after you don't have to use a PR Absolutely. person forever. Another little secret. But, um, so I wanted to be a regular guest and I was there and we were wrapping up our five minute segment, right? And he asked me a question that was going to be way more than a minute answer. And I basically responded, oh, I'll share that next week when I'm back. Uh, (laughs) And I wasn't asked back, there was no appointment to come back. But the secret that I learned, because oh, okay, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, next week. And when when Coach Deb's back on the show next Wednesday, I'm like, oh my gosh, that works, right? Yeah,
0: just assume the uh, yeah.
1: Because yeah. okay, w- w- I risk something. So what do I risk? I risk him going. You're not going. On. No, he's not going to say that.
0: Right. He's not. You're Trying not going to on put him on the, the spot. Totally, put but him in on a the very spot. friendly way.
1: Yeah, and then what I learned is the producers typically don't know what the hosts know, and the hosts don't know what the ah, so the host yeah. doesn't know that the producer didn't book me as a regular right. guest or book right. me on two shows. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is like this is that so was probably works. one of the coolest secrets that I discovered. It totally worked, and I became a regular guest. That
0: is it, a sizzling hot piece of business advice, guaranteed to make you fat. I, yeah. love yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, I love it. So, what about? What about taking it beyond local and even up to the mm-hmm. more national level? Is mm-hmm. it a, is it the same general principles, or is that does it does the game completely change when you?
1: Um, I think the game actually gets a little easier. Why is that? Uh, it was a little more pressure because I was taking over a show that already had an audience base. So I was probably more nervous than when I would speak in front of thousands in Australia. Yeah because those were my people, yes. right? Like when I went to Australia and I would speak in front of you know, Singapore, like there's thousands in the room and I'm an extrovert and there's people, there's physical people there. I can read your faces. I can see if you're liking it. If I have to adjust something on TV, I just have this lens looking at me and I don't know who's behind the camera. I don't know if they don't like me, yeah. right? And there's those fears. So I was a little nervous, but what I learned is the game is a little bit better because there's a bigger team behind you. Yeah. So the, prof- the level of professionalism is just so much better bigger than when we would just do like a podcast from our you know right. our basement or our garage, right? So I like that part about it. I, it was a lot less pressure for me because I didn't have to be the director, the producer, the writer, the talent, the cameraman, right? the teleprompter person. I just got to sit in front on the couch in front of the, um, the camera that and, makes sense. and just perform basically. So that, that's the other thing, I think, is the more you... I took acting lessons or classes. Mm-hmm. I took some master class. I took some Udemy classes or Udemy. Um, just on being more captivating or things that actors know... Because you can go to school to be an anchor, right? Uh, yeah. I didn't. That wasn't. That's not like I went out to be a host. I did it to get more exposure for my brand. Right. But the more you can be engaging and be an act. Oh, and I wrote. Uh, not wrote. Did not write this book at all. I couldn't. I read a right. comedy book, so I read a lot about that's comedy. Great. And be and someone's like, why do you you know you're a serious business coach. Why do you have a comedy book? I'm like, because you want to be. You don't want to be always so serious, right? Like, this guy's hilarious. I think we need some bloopers for the things he does off camera. I think so. But you're funny. right? you. You're engaging, so you are a character that people would want on TV. Well, it helps. It helps. Yeah.
0: Okay, Deb, so far we've covered a lot of things, and a lot of that has been getting featured on other people's shows. Mm -hmm. However, as somebody who's got my own show, and I know you've helped other people produce their shows, at what point should they look to actually own the media that they're appearing on? Mm, like...
1: When Oprah owned, own oh, the nice yes. use of words there.
0: Exactly. So
1: owning it, as in the
0: producing their own show versus trying to be on other people's shows.
1: Got it. Okay. So like you have your own show, right. bacon wrap business, um, as opposed to just being on guests of other people's shows. So I think when you're a guest on other people's shows, the you get the credibility, the exposure to all of these different markets. Yes. But then getting your own show, I think once you're prepared and you feel okay, I have enough interviews under my belt. And I have a lot of content or something interesting or exciting to share, right? So you you wanna be entertaining. And I think if you wanna talk about differentiating yourself, don't just produce another show just like everybody else. Model it, right? Model from Jimmy Fallon, from Ellen, because they've got a formula that works because they've got millions of dollars in production to show you the formula that works, but somehow be different, do something different. And I think the time to own it is A, when you have the time, because if that's one thing I learned hosting a daily show is exhausting. Do a weekly show, in my opinion, right? Um, So uh, my suggestion is if you're gonna do a show, do a weekly show as opposed to a daily show, learn from some of my like, ah, trial and error there, because it's exhausting, and it becomes a job, right? So if you don't want a job as a host or or anything on, on TV, just do something that's weekly, come to them weekly, do something 20 minutes, 21, because the that's the other thing is, remember in TV you have to put room for commercials, whereas right. podcasts, you could do a 40-minute show, but that's not necessarily something that people can consume. Right. Right. So just do a quick show um, and do it when you, A, have time, and B, really have a lot of content to share that you would educate people or entertain people, right. and then could get sponsorships. Because that's the other thing is, Just like TV, whether you do a podcast show or a TV show, sponsorship is where the money is going to be. Right. Right. Exactly.
0: Well, that and the, if you have your own business, if you're bringing that in Mm -hmm. and it can lead to lead generation and it can lead to a lot of things, but the nice part is it can lead to, it can be both. It can be sponsorship and lead generation. Right. Right. And I know you work with, you work with multiple people and helping them produce their own shows Mm -hmm. and helping them do it right and uh, mm-hmm. and follow some of these time tested formulas that have been yeah. on mass media like Ellen and everything right. else and uh, who are some of the who are some of the people that you look to now for inspiration and advice is there is there any is there anybody who is particularly doing it well and a, a good blend of mass media with online and new media as well
1: oh because I'm gonna say Ellen but that's Sure. That, well, so, you know, actually Ellen's a great example who has blended it because she does her TV show, but she also embraced new media very early on. She did, yeah. Right, And then she even created an app, the Heads Up app. Yes, that's true. So it's a game that exists, but she had her, again, her team, it's not like she wrote code to write the app. We, we know you don't have to do that, but she created the app, Heads Up, and it's over a million downloads. Right. right? So um, she's doing it right because she's taking advantage of new media Uh, Social media she was on there tweeting and she'll even talk about that in her five-minute monologue when she opens it She'll talk about her Instagram addiction She'll talk about different things and that lends you over to Instagram to follow her to see what she's up to and it's like Oh Ellen might talk to me. She might tweet to me, Mm -hmm. right? And that's that's when you're doing it right when you're using massive Exposure, but then you give the people that do want to partake and and
0: participate with you right through social media now When you look back at when you started doing this and the majority of the time when you were trying to figure it out versus right now for somebody brand new trying to figure out this whole space, Mm -hmm. what do you think has been the biggest changes, both positive and or negative?
1: I think the biggest is everything's cheaper, right, to do. that's true. Um, Easier. I remember when you had a blog and you had FTP stuff, (laughs) right? I mean, that's like how long ago it was. and It was such a chore. Yes. You would do a show and then you'd have to do that. And then streaming would kind of, glitch a little. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. Now we watch Netflix and don't even think about the fact that it is a streaming movie. Yes. And God forbid we ever have a pause in it. We're like, what yeah. is a you know, we Bingo. get ticked off. By the way, there are certain things you can't say and that would've been one of them. So ticked <laughs> off, since this may go on TV. And that's probably the hardest thing, I you think. You can't say ticked off on TV? Uh, you can't say the other word. So ticked ah, off you can say, you yes, can't say the other yes. word that if you're not ticked off, It's yeah. So um, that's probably the biggest challenge. And if you are doing a podcast or a YouTube channel, unless you're gonna go on Netflix where you could say anything, um, if you're going for cable and TV, stop cursing because they don't allow it. Yes, exactly. Right? So that was a challenge because I'm from Jersey and there's <laughs> a certain word that you can't say on TV. It's my favorite word. Right. So that um, – and it's practice, right? Because if it is part of your your speech, right, it's just part of your sentence and nomenclature. Yeah, and if it's it's to it out.
0: I mean, it may, you, yeah. they may let you slide – yeah. with the censors with one but you'll never get invited back right? Right. so you got to be oh. really careful
1: and that's actually a, a tip that I learned from doing co-hosting Yeah. someone came on the show and she did say something that was inappropriate and she was never asked back Wow. Yeah. Um, like we needed somebody oh I'm like oh I could get so and so and they literally like not quite blackballed them but they said no mm-hmm. because they messed up and there was a guy who said something and you're kind of marked. And, yeah. and you're not seen as professional because you don't know the rules. Yeah. So you've got to know those types of rules when you're going on TV. But yeah, the biggest difference though from then and now is the speed in which we can consume things and upload things and the ease of it. Like YouTube is so easy. Everything yeah. is faster. Bandwidth, even even our cable and internet providers, everything is so much faster to do what we want to do with video. Absolutely. So that's that's exciting to me. That's exciting to me. And so yeah, so it's, it's never been... Um, less expensive as far as a barrier to entry to have your own show or produce it than ever before, and the ease of it. And there's so many people who can help you out, you
0: know, as an outsourcing. That makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So Deb, this is amazing, and obviously you're a wealth of information. And you also go by the name Coach Deb. I do, right,
1: Coach Deb? <laughs> or
0: as we've seen sometimes, at sand. <laughs> at symbol, coach dev. Yes. You yes. gotta have you have to at say coach the Deb. at Coach Dev. That's right. At Coach Dev. Well
1: when I put my name tag on conferences, I put the at symbol. At, I love and that. I and you know, people have been making fun of me for a long time. And I think if you have thick skin, that's one of the things in this business yes. that if you're gonna be a pioneer, especially in anything you do, you're going to be made fun of. With social media, I got called the social media queen mm-hmm. when it was not a compliment ah. right like now it's kind of a compliment it's yeah. a badge of honor it was not when they said that and now all of a sudden everyone's embracing it now everyone's that's an good. expert everyone has a course on course. it so yeah i am a little weird i'm
0: a little crazy so at coach deb. so at symbol coach deb yeah <laughs> because is there a name for the symbol of the at so i don't know a- i think Ampersand? it's just, no that's the and symbol yeah. Ampersand. anyway at coach deb at symbol. so <laughs> it obviously, with the name implies that you do help people, that you do mm-hmm. coach people through this. Yeah. How do you work with clients specifically?
1: So uh, on a big level, mm-hmm. um, I think of it as the Jerry Maguire approach where it's uh, smaller clients, more attention. Yep. So I'll tend to work with two to three big clients right. on big productions. Whether Where you go really
0: deep with them. In correct. Production and right. coaching on that. Right. So and literally what,
1: producing their shows, producing, right. helping with them with their documentary or helping them get on TV or their own show. Right. Yeah.
0: And then what about for people who can't quite afford or quite aren't ready for the really heavy personalized stuff? How else can I they don't work I with you? know can help them.
1: No. Um, so I'm going to start putting something together for the person that Great. can't hire me to you know spend a whole day um, or spend a month and do some uh, a production. So I'm gonna put a course together Perfect. as the shortcuts, the quick tips yep. to get them accelerated. And that's probably what I've done since I started again, back in 2001, is giving people courses to give people the quick tips when they can't afford the big package, and then it may be six months, a year later, and then they hire me as their consultant. Well, it's a
0: great way to get people to get momentum, because it's a lot easier to, once you've got momentum and it's moving, Mm -hmm. to then hire the right coaches and hire the right people to help you out, as opposed to starting from an absolute standstill, scratch, and I know that right. that's one of the secrets of my success is just get going, mm-hmm. and then and then mm-hmm. bring in the team players along the way because right. what it, there's a a law of physics that says you know objects in motion tend to stay in motion, mm-hmm. right? So I'm yep. a big believer in that. So yeah. where can people find you? In order to learn more about you, in order to reach out and yep. see what you're doing and get your help,
1: the best way I'm um, Coach Deb everywhere. Again, obviously on Twitter, um, nice there's place. a fan page. But if you go to coachdeb.tv, TV, yes. that will bring you to the main website that I have. And then um, once I do put a course together for people to get a jump start in media, yes. Um, i'll put a link there as that's well coachdev.tv and
0: that's if they want to reach out to you also with uh, some of the more personalized one-on-one mm-hmm. consultation and coaching they can reach you there
1: yes and or if they want to pitch right to be on my show yeah, that'd be they great. can do that as well um, they can either send me a dm um, through my facebook page mm-hmm. or twitter just follow me and shout out and say hey i've got a i've got a a story for you or i've got something that's interesting or you know an interesting guest and again the more interesting yeah. or having a story behind your business Absolutely. that's what's going to get you on a show more than just hey i have this i want to talk about right it's having a story being interesting
0: i couldn't agree more yeah. speaking of having a story and being interesting you've been very interesting your oh, story yes, yes. and not sharing not all i yeah, him not just saying that <laughs> thank
1: you but
0: sharing <laughs> all of the insights and wisdom with myself with the audience in an effort to kind of harness the the leverage that we have because really what I find exciting and I know you do as well is that never in human history mm-hmm. have so many people been given the opportunity to reach so many people mm-hmm. so inexpensively yeah. than right now at this exact time in history and it's 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 a very noisy world mm-hmm. but with the right education the right insights you can get noticed in a very very noisy world in a way that can just cut through the fog and the clutter mm-hmm. and create credibility, get exposure for yourself, for your business, build a personal brand, become an influencer, which Mm -hmm. this word influencer wasn't even really a thing until a few years ago. And now it's absolutely everywhere. And this is one of the best ways to become an influencer. So Deb, thank you very much for sharing this bacon-wrapped business advice (laughs) here on the show with me and the audience. And for the audience who is watching or listening, I want to encourage you to watch this or listen to this again, and you know, take notes, reach out to Deb, look at all the resources that she's been providing for you, and assess for yourself where media exposure, whether it's new media, traditional media, or a combination of both, can really provide you leverage in your business, whatever you're trying to do. Every business these days, quite literally is show business, and people are dying to be entertained, educated, and edutained, and all of this. Mm -hmm. So it is one of the reasons that I put this show together and I invite experts, such as you, to make me look smart by uh, osmosis <laughs> in comparison. Right? <laughs> but I, um, I really appreciate your time, and I encourage every single person to go to, is it coachdeb.tv? Yeah, coachdeb.tv.
1: Perfect. And then the new company that we launched to produce
0: people's shows yes. is firstminutemedia.com. That's right, firstminutemedia.com. So thank you very much, thank Deb, you. for stopping by the show, and thank you for watching. Share this on social media. Tag your friends and tag at sign Coach Dev, (laughs) thanks a lot.